On today's episode of Talking Tom, we're headed to the deep south with the only teacher I'd want to have detention with, Tom Hanks. <laughs> the Lady Killers is a 2004 dark comedy written and directed by the Coen brothers and marks their first and only, as of the year 2019, and we desperately pray this changes in the future, collaboration with Hanks. <laughs> My mom always said, life was like a box What up, Hanks Heads? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Talkin' Tom, the Pod Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies and then we talk about them. A little chat session. Yeah. My name's Josie. My name's Daniel. And I am talking with my hands and you can't Everyone see it. Everyone can see. No, but they can hear it. A lot of energy tonight. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. I know. It's it's a Monday. It's 822 at night. Yeah. Things are, it's a little chilly in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, it's been, it's just been a minute since we've done this. You've been a busy man. Yes. Now that you're 29. Oh, Lord, yes. Is that how old you are? One foot in the grave. Yeah, you got it right. Nice job. Happy birthday. Thank you. So since our last episode, Daniel had a birthday. He had a, a weekend-long extravaganza. It's part of why we're a week late. <laughs> My bad. Oh, uh, no. What, things just get in the way, you know? Yeah, we work a lot. I would say we yeah. are working adults, yeah. career-minded adults. Yeah. It was yeah. a great birthday. We did... Um, I, I got to do a really cool thing. I screened Hot Fuzz at the Vista here in LA, which is my favorite theater, as I've probably said many times in this podcast. Yeah. But we got like a 35 millimeter print, and Edgar Wright sent me a, a video intro to like show to the theater. That was awesome. It was bonkers. So something that I kind of learned about you that I, I don't know. Is this an insult? I don't know if this is an insult. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize how many friends you had. Because that. <laughs> no. Okay. That uh, movie could, theater. Well, I feel like everybody in that whole place like knew you personally. It's sort of cheating because I, I co-run that, uh-huh. the events. So a lot of people just come all the time. Yeah. But a lot, of, you just a lot of my friends showed up. It was really lovely. Yeah. I was like, damn, I thought I was the cool one. Uh, you know, I, uh, what can I say? <laughs> I mean, you're the rich one. I just Yeah, I'm rich. I'm rich in friends. Yes. Relationships. Mark? Yes. Well, I'd yeah. never seen Hot Fuzz. Oh, did you like it? I did. It, I was laughing. It, oh, this is a tough say, but it, it may be, if it's not the number one, it's in my top three all time. I think I may have seen that movie more than any other movie. And wow. I think it gets better every time you watch it. It's very quotable. It's just like so loaded. We could have a whole podcast on that. I won't do that to you guys. Okay. But Hot Fuzz, a hot recommendation. <laughs> um, yeah, I adore that movie. Yeah. It was like a, it came out when I was 17 in theaters and I drug all my friends to see it. There was like 10 people in the theater because it's in the middle of Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. And the best time. Wow. Just kept going. It played for like two weeks maybe. And, they, and you just kept going? I think I must have seen it probably like seven or eight times in theaters. What year? 2007. Okay. So huh. that I had a car by then that makes sense. I was trying to like piece together. I was like, okay, that's a lot of times to see it, but I because I, I kept well, like I a kept sophomore? a journal of like everything I've seen. You so have I've seen like yeah. I, used, I like to keep the details do of what still? I've seen. Oh, uh-huh, I still do. What? Now I do it through letterbox, letterbox but I also keep a, a like a typed thing. What? 
That's like, really cool. I, I, I like it. It's nice because when you when you make something, you can go back and be like, "What was I? What was influencing me at the time that I didn't think about?" Yeah, when you win an Oscar for directing a movie, yeah. you can just read that out loud. <laughs> just read. You my, get kicked out. I was reading. I was watching this and this. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people have memories of these great things that they do, and I have like this journal of all the movies I watched. So I can't remember anything. To each their own. That's. I mean. I like have the shittiest memory, I feel. I used That's to why we do these so quick one. after we watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Just to remember. Yeah. And why I have to take notes while I watch. Yeah. What have you been up to, though? A whole lot of nothing. I, uh, I've i got some time off before my next job starts, so I'm getting a lot of my errands done. I did take an improv class, though. I saw that. Which How was, was it? A, it was a new form of humiliation for me. But like a good humiliation, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to realize you're not funny. That's like a difficult thing to come to terms with. <laughs> but you went to... I feel like an improv class sounds horrifying. Yeah. And you did it, which is just the beginning thing of like doing something that is above everyone else because... Yeah. I can't imagine walking into that. I just wanted to do something because, and I knew it was going to scare me. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of just trying it. Yeah. I love watching improv. I don't like performing it. Do you think you'll try it again or are you pretty I set? don't think so. Okay. It was fun to see though. Well, you did it. You, now you can yeah. be like, oh, I tried it. I didn't, so. Yeah. That's awesome. It gives me a new appreciation. Would you try it. any other type of comedy classes? Maybe writing. Uh, yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. We'll see. Awesome. Who knows? I got plenty okay. of time. Yeah. Baking tons lots of, of sourdough. Time. Oh, the baking. <laughs> I should we gotta make, a loaf of sour. Yeah, I want bread and I want to make, we should make dog treats for Kevin. Yeah, we should. Vegan dog treats. Can we talk about Kevin? Yeah, we can talk about Kevin. She's great. She's awesome. Well, she, it's not really, she looked Josie in the eye and peed <laughs> on the carpet, so. I'm sure it was my fault. Just I did di- something. Just an alpha moment. <laughs> yeah, she's mad that I came in here. She's like. I don't know why. It was take bizarre. Her, we treat her very well. I but thought she was like, being so cute. I was like, oh, and you were like, is oh, she peeing? <laughs> <laughs> so you know she's got she's still a little pup yeah yes. she's so sweet well it's the perfect segue into today's movie yeah we watched the lady killers from 2004 directed by the cohen brothers yes who i don't know much about Ooh, okay um before we talk about them yes would you mind giving me a summary of the movie sure the lady killers is sort of this weird it's kind of a dark comedy a uh, heist movie. Mm. It's about um, a character who goes by the professor, played by Tom Hanks. Yes. He's got a longer name that I forget. Goldthwaite Higginson Door. <laughs> Which I love PhD. to hear him say, but I can never remember it. <laughs> yeah. And it's got a pretty stacked cast of actors yeah. that'll all wrap back around to. But basically, the professor's putting together a team to rob a, a casino. Mm. Um, that's kind of the simple part of it. But he takes up residence with a woman. What's the woman's name? Mara Monson. And she, she has room for rent, and so she lives with, uh, he lives with her to, to, and then uses her basement to make this happen, and she is none the wiser, but at the same time, she's all the wiser, because mm. she sort of gets in the way of their plan, but not on purpose, just yeah. sort of by being who she is, and uh, that's kind of, that's sort of the plot. It's a, heist, it's, it's a little heist movie comedy yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So... I, yeah, tell me about the Coen Brothers because I definitely. It's, this is the strangest movie to end in, like, as a first Coen watch. Oh, okay. They're one of my favorite directors. I think they're some of the greatest living filmmakers. There's actually two of them, right? There's two. They're brothers. Yes. They okay. Usually one <laughs> gets credited as a director because there's a weird oh. in the directors guild. There's a weird thing about crediting, but in this they're both credited, which I thought was interesting. Oh. Um, they have directed. 
a huge body of work, and they're all different genres, but they're famous for like Barton Fink, um, Fargo, The Big Lebowski, Oh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, and then they did No Country for Old Men, which I got an Oscar. I think they got an Oscar for. Uh, and they've done like True Grit and um, Inside Lewin Davis. And there's probably there's like forty other movies that are great that I'm missing. Oh, um, okay. They're like they've made a bunch of like cult and like critically acclaimed classics. And what specifically about and them? Lady Killers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what specifically about the Coen Brothers is like? I don't. Is this even fair to say that there would be like a recognizable thing about them? They. It's sort of. I think their sense of humor okay. with them. Um, but this is this is not. There are moments in this that I think are examples of it. But this is so. This feels like a strange offshoot of them. Okay. It does not. It's the. It's so strange to be the first. But they have a really dry kind of wordplay sense of humor to it. Um, always dark comedies and usually about like idiotic men is yeah. usually like their game. Okay. Um, Ooh, which kind type. of falls over into this. It's usually like like this, for example, is like smart, like powerful women who are like, whether intentionally or not, sort of above these idiots who kind of set up the stakes to ruin themselves. Okay. Um, not always the case, but that's a common trope is sort of like men who are... Yeah. Struggling to I mean, the whole time that I was watching it, I just kept wondering, like, do I just not get this? Or, like, did I miss something? No. There's sort of a consensus in the film convo community that the Coen brothers have two misfires. Okay. One is um, this. The other one is um, intolerable cruelty. Oh. And these came out back to back, like 2003, 2004. Oh. So I don't know what... I don't know what about these two. And I don't think either of them are like awful movies. They're just not as like, they have a crazy filmography. Yeah. And something about these two just feels like kind of off. They almost feel like they were made for, like they feel a little like to try and be a little more mainstream. Like the comedy in, in, um, lady killers feels weirdly like juvenile and it, yeah. It doesn't work for me anymore. And pr- Do you like, feel the same? Uh, yes, I definitely like all the IBS jokes. I was like, they're really yeah. gonna keep mining the IBS. Like that's insane to me. It's it's like, it is the lowest strange. bar. But then I was like, maybe it's not. Like maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a type of humor because some of it. There's a lot of like of the wordplay humor in this that I, I yeah. like. Sort of their battle of the wits, especially Tom Hanks' character. Yeah, because I love. Everything Tom Hanks is doing in this is just so bonkers. Yeah. But I'm into it. His yeah. accent, he's got like fake teeth in, he's got like a weird posture, and he's this very like put together sort of British type, like old money type. Um, yeah. You know who his character reminded me of? This is kind of probably, I don't know if this this uh, reference is like very broad, but there's a character that Paul F. Tompkins plays called the Contraptionaire. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like literally the same guy. I, I would I would be genuinely curious if if if, if there if was Paul like Tom, if um Paul F. Tompkins has pulled anything from this. Yeah, because that's it's like such what a I specific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wow. I would love one. a a remake of Tom Hanks, but also with Paul F. Tompkins. Oh yeah. Except there's also something that I think that this character is maybe just is Paul F. Tompkins like mm-hmm. part of him. I don't know. I'm not maybe like, I yeah. Know him at all, but. <laughs> Kind of a funny thing. So let's talk about these main characters. Okay. We've got Tom Hanks. 
plays the, the old wife, Higginson Door, PhD, I think. Yeah, he's a weird. It's like, is he a bad guy? I I don't. No, I I feel like yeah. I mean, ultimately, yeah, he's, he's trying to he's rob like a weirdly him. good natured. Like he's trying not to like his plan. He's not trying know. to hurt anyone. No, not until, until the end. Yeah, he's, when he has sort of his turn, but then everything comes around. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Online, it says that he's playing a character. He's playing a parody of a William Faulkner's characters. Um, from a and also bears some resemblance to to Manly Pointer and Flannery O'Connell O'Connor's Good Country People, which I have no idea. Yeah, no clue. I'm not familiar with that stuff. But, oh, we um, should also mention this is a remake. Yeah, of a 1955. That's apparently movie. superior. It's, it's like really, a yeah, British it's film, It's really right? good. You've I, seen it? Yeah. I, had, I actually had not seen this movie until a few years ago, um, but I watched the original first. Okay. So I had really high hopes, because I hadn't really read anything into it, and um, yeah, it's just it's just something didn't translate quite as well. Yeah. But it's got, to continue on what you were saying, a really stacked cast of these people. Yeah. Uh, who? J.K. Simmons? Yeah. <laughs> what? I... I in my mind, he exists as Spider-Man and Juno, and then now he's in everything. So it's weird that there's a movie in between that I didn't recognize him in. Wait, is he in that drumming movie? Whiplash, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I never saw it, but I he's, saw the trailers. Yeah, so. he's great. He plays that character named Garth Pancake. He's like the demolitions expert. Yeah, with he's IBS. A, yeah, and he's got IBS, and he's got a girlfriend. M- Mountain Girl? Mountain Girl, yeah, I didn't write her name down. I just, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he got Marlon Wayans. Yeah, who plays... Yeah. Gawain Maxam? I think so. He's the janitor. He wor- He's the inside man at the casino. Yes. Funny. He's kind of an offensive caricature. Yeah. Really hasn't aged well. Yeah. And Marlon Wayans at the time, he must be huge. Mid-2000s. Right. I feel like scary movies, those are massive. So when I did White Chicks come been out? A, Is he somewhere around then. Probably like the yeah, mid-2000s at some point. Yeah, it was like... He was a teenager. It kind of makes sense. I mean, he was funny. Yeah. Just yeah. sort of a, it's, it's one of those strange things where if, if this movie came out today, I think we'd be like, what is this yeah. character? It feels pretty racist. Yeah. Um, again, something could have just gone over my head too. Yeah. Um, the general. Yeah. I can't pronounce the actor's name. Yeah. Zima. Uh, Zima. I don't know. He's, he's great. He's actually like one of my favorite characters in the, um, in the show. Yeah. And that actor's in, um, have you watched the man in the high castle? No, okay. sir. He's, he's as I recognized him from that and coming back to this, but uh, he's there's a gag with him about him smoking uh-huh. a cigarette that I think is incredible. That was yeah. the one like gag where I was like, that's that one's where he pulls it out of his mouth. Yeah, where he hides it because the the woman who owns um, Mrs. Munson, Miss yeah. Munson, uh, keeps telling she can't smoke in the house, and the way he hides it's very funny. He like sucks it up into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, and then. Uh, Lump Hudson. Lump Hudson. <laughs> Played by Ryan he's sort Hurt. Of the, he's just kind of the... He's the dumb, the dumb person. Yeah. The dumb jock in this. Concu- maybe he had a concussion or something. Yeah. And then the only other person I recognized was um, Stephen Root, who was the manager at the casino. And he's a Coen Brothers. He's in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Oh, okay. So he's kind of the return face from that. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird... Uh, most of these are kind of played as caricatures. Yeah, and that was, I think that was like part of it. Maybe, yeah, there was never, I never felt any connection to any of them, except for Miss um, Munson. Yeah. Which maybe that's the point, because yeah. they're so cartoonish that 
then this stuff starts to go afoul for them. You don't, you can laugh at it rather than being like, oh no. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. And yeah. I can't tell. Maybe that's the intention because it just feels, it feels like a living cartoon sometimes. And uh, so many of these people are so talented yeah. that they wouldn't be putting on a bad performance on without doing it on purpose. Yeah. I, I didn't have, my issue wasn't necessarily in performances because it does feel like a heightened goofiness. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of just to put, I mean, maybe that's it. Everything is sort of is juxtaposed against the Southern, I forgot what year it takes place. If they ever oh. say it, it's sort of unclear, yeah. but it's in like, it's in the American South mm-hmm. and it's from like a very, like the community is very, um, black centric and the entire soundtrack is like old gospel music. And there's a lot of, um, like uh, Miss Munson hates on like hip hop. She calls it hippity hop. Mm-hmm has a lot to say about that, but it's sort of really about this real, this religious and, and this religious black community and sort of how she takes in these people. She has like a very kind heart. And so the movie is, I think we're sort of, she's sort of our surrogate, but we focus most everything on Tom Hanks and his crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a weird, interesting thing about almost, it sort of tips out about like maybe race and culture mm-hmm. that I feel like kind of gets glossed over and I almost would have liked it a lot more if it was sort of, about that if it was that was kind of used in the in the crux of the story yeah just make it have a deeper sentiment to it deeper meaning mm. so i didn't find one personally no i didn't definitely didn't um i found it really yeah. hard to pay attention to this movie if i'm being honest it's it's short mm-hmm. yeah which it's like an hour and 40 minutes or something right but it doesn't it doesn't feel super short because stuff like the heist goes off like an hour in yeah and i was like wow we're like we're pushing toward the end from what i remember but it's like another 40 minutes wait so what was that when the explosion happened? Uh, no, like the actual... Yeah, when he was trying to destroy the um, tunnel. That's... It's about like an hour, hour and yeah. five in or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We don't learn much about... We get little tidbits of everyone's background. Right at the beginning when we're like meeting them. Yeah. So we, we, we learned that... Um, excuse me. We learned that like... Miss Munson, her husband's passed away. Uh-huh. So she is a widow and is renting out a room to kind of make money and make ends meet. Um, she's very involved in her church and also sees the, is sort of like a watch woman to the town because mm-hmm. she sees the sheriffs a lot. Um, and then Marlon Wayans' character is the janitor at the casino. J.K. Simmons is the demolition person. But we don't really learn. And then um, the general owns a, um, like a donut, donut shop. shop yeah. Uh, his his introduction is actually kind of funny when I they're getting robbed. It. it was gross. Uh, but there's no really we don't learn the why. Like of course they want the money, sure. Yeah, but like why these people? Why are they teaming up? How do they meet? Yeah, this person. Which those aren't details. I guess I need to see, but they're so removed from any type of relatability that I don't. And they're all so bad at what they're doing that it's like. Because yeah. that's the fun part. I yeah. guess when the comedy because I actually my favorite part of the movie is is the end as they as it just sort of goes insanely wrong yeah well, actually goes all they do everything right and like succeed yeah and then it's the one by up. one get killed off that was pretty accident. incredible I like that so let's talk about that okay the heist is successfully pulled off yes and like without much of they sort of have a few moments where you're like oh no will something happen but yeah but off. everything kind of it's like really surprising itself. yeah um, and then when they're trying to, uh, remove the, the, 
evidence of the tunnel? Is that what he's yeah. saying? Yeah. So they basically, just to clear up if people haven't seen it, they're in the basement of Mrs. Munson's house. Yes. They've built it. She lives adjacent to the casino. And they've built a tunnel through her basement into the what will be the casino safe wall. And after the heist goes off, they're going to destroy the tunnel. And they've basically planned this heist where... Um, Marlon Wayne's character will be in there to like repaint and like rebrick. It's like pretty elaborate in that regard, where it looks like the money just disappeared. There'll be no evidence of how it happened, um, and so the heist goes. It pretty much goes as if they they make it through, blow the tunnel, and everything seems safe except Miss Munson sees it happen or sees the end result. Yeah, she sees all the smoke. Uh, so they have to get rid of her. Yes. So they draw straws. And I, I, one thing we haven't talked about, which is funny because it is one of the more memorable things, they're, how they're living in the house, or Tom Hanks' character is renting this room, but he's saying, I need to rehearse with my band oh, in yeah. your basement. That's and an that's why they're all downstairs. Every time she knocks on the door, they suddenly uh, instruments appear in their hands and they press stop on the tape recorder or whatever that's playing their music, yeah. which is a funny, like, recurring bit. Um, and also, uh, funny cause none of them can play. Yeah. And they sort of stage stuff. Like there's a day they need to do big explosions. So they get her tickets to like a concert to take a friend to. So she'll be out of the house and yeah, this and that. Um, yeah. So she's, she appears, they sort of play here where you, Mrs. Monson appears none the wiser, uh-huh. but she seems pretty onto something. Yeah. I but she's, she's very like, willfully like, she's got like a very sort of. Christian attitude to things where she's like welcoming and sort of just wants what's good for these people and sort of treats them like they're her children almost because like the way you know they curse or they smoke and she gets onto them like an, an angry mom yeah. would um, and even when she finds out what they've done she gives them a chance to come clean yeah and says she won't tell on them basically she sort of acts as like a conscience yeah but they're like yeah because not gonna work for me the professor offers up this excuse once they've been found out by her of how what they're doing it for and how he's going to use the money and how no one will lose any money, like a single penny. I think he says everyone will lose a penny. Like all the shareholders their, or something, yeah. Because they're insured, and um, he wants to donate the money to a, uh, a Bible university, I believe. And um, she, at my, I think she, like, is, she likes the idea at first, but then like sees a picture of her husband, and I sort of thinks about what actually is happening and or, or just that it's wrong either which way and yeah. um, goes against it. So then decide to kill her, like you said. And it kicks off this like wonderful run of scenes Yeah, where everything that could possibly go wrong does. It's just like a huge farce. And that's, I think it's, it's my favorite part of the movie. It was very enjoyable because you're like, oh my God, they're all going to fuck this up. So it starts, uh, Marlon Wayne's character is unable to kill her because she reminds him too much of his mom. Yeah, he has like a breakdown. I loved that. I loved how... I almost thought it was like... If he hadn't walked in and... Like, the whole scene happens where he walks up the stairs and when he opens the door, he's like he's a little kid again and he's looking yeah. at his mom. I thought that was so telling and so good. And you can get that just from that. But then he comes back and he's like, I can't do it. She reminds me too much of my mom. And it's almost like so know, on the saw. nose. Like, give me I some credit. But they probably had... It was probably a note. I don't know. So then he he and uh, the demolitions expert start fighting. They hate each other through most of the movie. Uh-huh. There's one scene where they team up to take, you know, because he has to go to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, but they get into a fight and they're holding the gun and somehow he gets shot by his own gun. Yeah. <laughs> he's just Ron dead. Ron like kills himself effectively. Yeah. On accident. Which is sort of a shock because you're just, I think you think that the demolitions expert will be the one to die. Yeah. But no. So then who's next? J.K. Simmons? Um, yeah, so they, they send people to dump the body oh, right. onto this trash barge that always passes under this thing. It gets a lot of attention the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then it turns where demolitions expert, whose name is Garth. Pancake. Him and the Pancake, mountain yes. woman. They have are going to rip everyone off. They're going to yeah. take all the money. They're like, it's like a double cross. Yeah. Uh, but the general catches up to them and kills both of them. Yeah. So they get their bodies dumped next. Um, kind of a bad spot. It's where they've been putting all the, like the... Dirt and stuff? Yeah, debris from just, the tunnel. Like this trash island. But it's just... Yeah, just where's it to, going? I don't know. There's probably a message there I'm missing, but... E, yeah. The opening shot is of that, so it's got to mean something. Yeah. And that's on me for not... No, I, I, I don't it think up. that's on you. Uh, and then the general's the next to go, because he pulls the short straw yeah. to kill Mrs. Munson, and um, he gets... Start. He gets it's like, like a cuckoo clock goes off. Oh yeah, and he chokes on his own <laughs> cigarette. <laughs> then and then <laughs> falls down the stairs in a fantastically violent manner. Yeah, and just like snaps his neck. Yeah, which is really funny. Yeah, Sounds it was a nice little through line. Mm. You know, we see him hiding the cigarette. Yeah. That's ultimately his own downfall. It's kind of poetic. And he's just murdered two people. So yeah, you stop feeling bad for them. <laughs> um. <laughs> So then Lump and the professor go to dump his body. His yeah. body uh, and Lump tries to make a plea of like, yeah, he's like you don't I can't have to do, do this. this anymore. And so the, but the professor's like, you know, he says well, we can't do it. We have to do it or something. And so Lump tries to shoot him. But the chamber, the the gun is empty. Yeah, the barrel, like he base he looks down the barrel of his gun and shoots himself. Right. Yeah. He tries to shoot the professor. It doesn't work. It and then he looks jammed, looks yeah. at the gun and then shoots himself. All these idiots. And Never he falls down straight the into the barge. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then the professor who's looking at a raven. Yeah, he's, he's like he's a, he's a, he loves Edgar Allan Poe. He's mentioned uh, that before. Yeah. So he looks that at the raven. Like he's like reciting poetry like a real pretentious. Yeah. Fart. Yeah. And uh, the raven knocks a piece of stone loose and knocks him off the bridge where he's like hung. Hung by his own cape. <laughs> and he, yeah. then he falls into the barge, which is passing again. You know what? The barge is probably like an allusion to like the river of sticks, right? Like in Purgatory or Hell, like the person who oh. takes you into, I think it's hell. I have no idea. That's the only thing. Because it, it always shows up right when they need it. And I feel like that must be an allusion to like that idea. Yeah, because the barge all, like is... There's like a gap or something. Yeah. And then it's he... being pulled. Because he... Lump falls in and then he gets hung and falls into it. Is it the same one? I think it's a different it's one. This, no. Oh, I thought it... Maybe. There's enough of a gap in between okay. that you're like, he's going to miss the barge. But he's going to fall directly like, into the water. The barge water. shows up whenever they need it exactly. Yeah. And the whole movie's in like the southern gospel religious town. It's got to be that idea of like this person take literally take them into hell on the river. That's pretty intelligent. And think about I that. Bam, bam, bam. Now I feel smart. Yeah. Um, I guess that sort of makes sense. But then, uh, how does it, how does it wrap up? Uh, what's her name? Miss Munson finds all the money in the basement, assumes that the men had a change of heart. They weren't able to face their makers or whatever. Yeah. And so she goes in to turn the money to the police and they don't believe her. They think she's crazy. 
So she keeps the money. It's like $1.2 million. They tell her to keep it because they're like, yeah, they're yeah like, you okay, got the you money. Take the you money, keep crazy it. Lady. <laughs> so she decides she's going to donate it to the college that uh, the professor was going to donate it to. Originally lied to her about. And then the final shot is the cat pickles. With uh, Garth's, Garth's finger, yeah, right? We left that out, but. Whatever. It's a plot if you watch the movie that you'll yeah, never make sense. Yeah, there's a cat it. that's always running away, getting chased up trees. Cohen's love cats, too. Oh, really? Cats are great sometimes. Yeah. In movies, at least. So, what are the what are the positives of this movie? Like I, I liked I like the end. I like the I like most of the performances. Everyone, it looks like it was a great time to make. Yeah, I think it's just sort of like weirdly unfocused, and it's not fair to call it slight because it doesn't. It feels like it was a crafted thing. I don't know something about it just doesn't. It yeah, doesn't it vibe all feels intentional. It just missed. Yeah, the humor until the end. The humor wasn't working for me outside of some of the characters who were really entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just wasn't, wasn't feel, this is my second time. Maybe my third. I may have seen this as a teenager, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't have an exact thing of why, what, why it didn't a hundred percent work for me, but just too chaotic for me. Yeah. And everything that felt on purpose felt like it was too much and it was just misguided. Like I just, it was hard to pay attention to. Some of it felt like I felt if it was like offensive to watch some of those scenes with the janitor. I, I did wonder that. Um, yeah. You know what I, I do? Uh, the color, like the saturation of the colors, I liked how that looked. It's shot by Roger Deakins. Okay. Who just won last year the Academy Award for Blade Runner. He's my favorite cinematographer. Oh. And he's worked with the Coens a lot. So his, it's a beautiful movie in that regard. Yeah. Um, though weirdly, we both had issues in finding like a copy. I mean, we we found ultimately just found a rental, but it's not like ever been remastered, so it's mm-hmm. clearly like in standard definition, which kind of bugged me. Yeah, but that's just a but it's a it's a really pretty movie. Yeah, um, and that's um, Roger Deakins is a genius. Yeah, wait, Blade Runner. I didn't see that. <laughs> he did like um, I mean, I'm trying to think of what else he shot that we could have. I don't think he shot anything else we've watched with Tom Hanks, but. Um, he shot like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, uh, which you haven't seen. Coen's. No, my dad loves that movie though. It's so good. Um, I also saw half of The Big Lebowski. Oh, okay. Now that I'm like remembering, I watched it in like on DVD player, like in a car. On a Were you in shoot. college at the time? No, I just okay. graduated. I feel like I feel like a lot of people's introduction to Lebowski is like the first week of college. Yeah, where someone's like, "This is Russians. my favorite movie." Yeah. Yeah, some asshole fucking shows up to a party <laughs> in pajamas. It's so good, but yeah. Um, kicking the mic down. Um, I really liked seeing Tom Hanks do this, though. Yeah. We're sort of in that thing where he's picking really interesting characters to play. Yeah. Kind of out of the range of him in the 90s. Totally unexpected. Kind of a waste. Yeah. It's... I was hoping coming back to this that I would find something kind of new to catch on to, but I still liked the same things I liked from the last one and disliked the rest of it. It's just strangely disjointed for me. He's so... He is electric on screen. Yeah. No fault to Tom. And it's and it's like, I would have just, I want to see him do something like this again, and maybe we'll get to. Mm-hmm. We still have a bunch of movies to watch. Yeah. Where he is such a character piece, like it's such a specific character that is so different from anything we've ever seen that I want to see him do it again because he's so good at it. It's like such a treat. We got David S. Pumpkins. Oh, right. Yes, masterful. Our- <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be. I don't. I would like something. Maybe I can. If I can get you know up there in the world fast enough, I can give him something like that. Absolutely. I just want to see this bonkers comedy because he's so good at he's, that. It's just such a talent. He just really will just do it. <laughs> I know. Hot take. I love Tom Hanks, and I think he's good. Yeah, it's crazy. If someone's thirty minutes into this podcast right now and they're <laughs> like, "Oh, that makes sense. That's why they do this," then we've succeeded. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I that was sort of my biggest gripe with a lot of these is when I run out of things to write down or I'm like, what are we going to really like talk about? Yeah. So I don't just want to like, I don't want to like shut on the movie the whole time, but it's so strange because it's such a weird middle line for me where it's perfectly, I don't hate this, but I don't find a ton to love. Yeah. So it lives in this weird middle ground of, I guess, mediocrity for me. I, That's a bummer. Yeah, it's almost worse to be mediocre. Yeah, because I love to hate. I love to hate Mm things. Because hating things is fun to talk about. And Mm -hmm. there's like a weird sort of passion to the hate of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, I mean, the Coens have made so many masterworks that it's just like, okay, we'll go to another one I like. And I'd be really curious to talk to someone who really likes this because I think there is, there's stuff here to like and I imagine that there's people that really dig it. Um, Yeah. Because the setting and sort of the focus into like this religious southern town is is interesting, and I kind of wish there's more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I like seeing Tom in an ensemble. Yeah, nice to see him kind of bounce off of other characters. Because he never ste- like he steals the show, but not in a bad way. Not like he's like yeah. showing off. Well, he has to in this. It's sort of this ringleader mm-hmm. who does none of the physical work and sort of in- inspires or manipulates. Yeah. Because the, the moments where he does that, like there's a moment where she, Mrs. Munson, wants them to come up and play the instruments for all of her or women, friend, women friends from church and none of them know how to play. <sighs> so instead he somehow contrives that he's going to read them poetry and it's just like really like theater kid, Shakespeare-esque performance that they eat up and they love and you're like, yeah, that makes... So stuff like that, I'm like worth watching the movie just to see Tom pull that off. Yeah. Um, but not something I'd return to. I don't think so. And I think there's a reason, like, of all the movies that I've told people that we're talking about for the show mm-hmm. or that I've watched, I almost always have someone who has something to say. Yeah. This movie, it is hard yeah. to find anybody who cares. It kind of went, I, I feel like it's not something that's super really discussed. Mm-mm. Um, which is, is a strange, strange thing for a Tom movie. Too bad. And for a Cohen movie. Yeah, hopefully they'll team up again. I would love that. Hmm. Is that it? I th- yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, for, for, uh, that's all I have to say about that. No, it's full Forrest Gump quote <laughs> for you. Yeah, I think I we'll probably like back. Forrest Gump better than I like this, and I didn't <laughs> yeah. really like Forrest Gump. But like that, Forrest Gump is at least like there's so much to take in, and it's yeah. entertaining throughout. Even if I have an issue like fundamentally with what Forrest Gump <laughs> has to say. Yeah. Spoiler if you haven't listened to the Forrest Gump episode. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. I think we're on the same page. I think so. Once again. Fun to watch. I had I had a small bit of hope coming yeah. into this that I was like, maybe she'll love it. That'd be funny. Or maybe she'll like despise it, but no, just the same. That's, I guess that's why we made the show. That's why we get along. Don't you think people would hate me if I just loved this movie? No, because it would be fun to hear like the, the why. Yeah. Because uh, I like the why. I love... 
disagreeing with people when there's good combo about it. Okay. I hate when it's dead ended by someone being really personal and being like, "You're wrong," for your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, and like same with. I would love if if we have people that are listening that have seen this and like love this movie or despise this movie. I'd love to hear about it because this is a really interesting one in his filmography. Yeah. Until we get to the Da Vinci Code movies, which I know we're both going to love. We're getting close. Are we? What's our next movie? So our next movie is The Terminal. Ugh. Tom and Spielberg back together. What a treat. Something to look for forward that. to. I haven't seen it since I was since it came out. So I was like 14. Okay. So I'm, um, I liked it then, so we'll see if I like it now. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Yeah. We'll talk about it then. Yeah, we'll talk next episode. Okay. Well, we're probably doing things out of order. What's our next? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for another segment that we do. And it's called Hanks Happenings. We gotta like come up with a beat, a drop or something for that. Like a musical we have to. <laughs> thing. I don't know. We'll have yeah. to get James like to get a our sting or something. to do it. Yeah. Um, you said you had one. I have one today. That's great. So it's actually announced hours ago what? as of recording this. So Joe know. Wright, who directed The Darkest Hour, which was the um, the Gary Oldman. Um, Winston Churchill movie from last, last year. year. But okay. actually, I really liked. Didn't I usually am weird about biopics. So I thought it was pretty dang good. His next movie is a collaboration with Tom Hanks. It's an adaptation of a book called In the Garden of Beasts. Whoa. Now, the one thing I needed to clear up, I think I think Tom Hanks is starring in it as... It's the story of William Dodd, a professor from Chicago who became the United States' first ambassador to Nazi Germany before Adolf Hitler started to um, do his thing. Oh. Um, (laughs) Dodd catches on to the German government's abuse against Jewish people and tries to warn the U.S. government that this Hitler guy is bad news. And, uh, yeah, it comes like that. Obviously, this article states, sounds like a proper Tom Hanks role. But he's only on board as an official... Okay, so he's, he's only... He's an executive producer at this point, but there's talks of him starring in it. Okay. So he's involved, but we'll learn on a, a later Hank's Happenings if... Um, I mean, I gotta say, he does a lot of World War II movies. The dude loves World War II. Yeah. This would be kind of cool. This would be... It would be interesting to see... Well, we, saw, we saw Bridge of Spies together. We did. And I really liked Weirdly Bridge of Spies. Weirdly enough, yeah. Um, and if it's more like that, where it's sort of a... Kind of a thriller... Type of thing it, versus like war, like actual war footage. Yeah, I, I would like to see more. I like the behind the lines stuff. Yeah, um, he does too. He writes about it. And then lot. the other thing I found today also came out today was that um, some news thing, and this could be completely false because I'm not 100% familiar with this website, but there has been a leak that Tom Hanks has been quietly, secretly donating uh, money to dozens of charities for veterans, kids, and much more. Oh. It's that a really positive thing. It came out that he privately donates stuff, and then, of course, someone probably got lead of it and then leaked it. Well, that would be very on brand. Yeah. Because he works with the veterans. Yeah. Uh, well, we saw, we went to see, yeah, because we when we saw Henry the Fourth. Yeah. That was so fun. That was almost a year that ago. Too, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. But yeah, those are my Hank's happenings. That's great. Thank you for bringing those. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I'd really seen is just that he's already getting like pre Oscar buzz for um What Should Be My Neighbor. That's which is crazy. That's or, it's so it's far away. In the neighbor. What is it yeah. Called? Um What Should Be My Neighbor was the documentary, I think. Okay. I started watching it the other night and I fell asleep. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um I'd almost say save it. Oh, I'm, I want to rewatch it when we get closer to the movie. Okay. 
But it's you should watch. It's really good. It's a really good documentary. Okay. I got the snub. I'll pay attention. At the Oscars. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> thankfully, Shallow won Song of yeah. the Year. I really like that song to be honest. Do you really love it? Yeah. You sure sang it a lot at karaoke. <laughs> yeah. I like that song. What can I, I say? Hate it. <laughs> I don't listen to the radio. I heard it's like the song on the radio. Oh yeah, I don't really listen to the radio. I didn't either. know if that was a a thing or not. No, it's just it's just one of those. And then we're getting closer and closer to Toy Story Four. We are. Every day is another day closer. We probably talked about it. we got a, we got a super we got a new Super Bowl little mini spot. Did we talk about that last episode? Uh, yes. Okay. I think so. Oops. Hopefully. Oops. Who knows? Well, Toy Story Four coming. Awesome. I think that wraps up this episode. Sorry it's so. late. <laughs> oh, we're totally fine. So we're coming back, guys. Next time is the terminal. Ugh. And then we're, we've already done the Polar Express, which would follow that. So yeah. Polar Express is in the back catalog. And then, oh, Lord, after the terminal, so begins the Da Vinci Code. Oh, baby. So... Something to look forward to. Come on back for the Da Vinci er, <laughs> the terminal, and then we'll get the Da Vinci code. Oh, how exciting! Heck wow. yeah! All right. Oh, and then uh, hey, leave us some messages if you want to minisode something you want us to dive deeper into. I've got some ideas. I know we're gonna have to start. Hopefully, get something in the catalog because uh, I'm probably going away soon. For oh a yeah, we'll have to do some. Uh, we'll have to like stock up on some episodes. Yeah. That'll be nice. But that's I mean, for us nice. to worry about. Yeah, you guys don't have to worry <laughs> you guys about it. Just chill out. We'll figure it out. Well, great episode. That was awesome. Short uh, and sweet. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, you got some thoughts on this movie, some upcoming movies, literally whatever. Um, you can find us on our website, talkintom.com. That's talking without the G. Um, we've also got a Facebook group, a Twitter. Uh, Instagram that I haven't been updating, but I will start Oof. doing. <laughs> um, and stuff like that. And we got a username. Podhanks Tomcast. Yeah. So that's it. And where can people find you on the internet? Um, find me on the Instagram handle, Sugar and Satire. For a dope vegan blog. Yeah. There's lots of pictures of sourdough. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Thank you. And delicious. It's my life's work. I just wanted to say that because I can plug my new website, oh. thatdanielot.com. What's on there? Just my, my work. Oh, fuck yeah. It's my Hire Me Work page. Yeah, and you know what? Because here's the thing. The, the gimmick of our show is that like I'm the dumbass and you're good at this. And I think it's good to know First. that you actually are good at this. Oh. So go look at his website and like look at his reel because it's impressive as fuck. He's not yes. just all talk. It only took us 32 episodes to get here. I'm glad we're finally getting into it. This is what I wanted. I wanted that validation. Anyway, I'm Daniel. Daniel, nice to meet you. Okay, cool. That's it. I'm Josie. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs>